Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. Great to see you tonight. Everyone doing well? Happy Australia Day. Who's ready for the backyard cricket or sort of more side yard cricket? Uh, who's ready for that? Baseballer? Oh, pace bowler. I was like, what? That's, uh, baseball's a sport, but yeah. Um, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Uh, we have got a great privilege tonight, and uh, I'm not going to steal any more of his time, but we, we've uh, got a privilege of having someone that I met uh, quite a long time ago, actually was, um, has always been in, uh, in our previous church, the church that we grew up in as well, in Adelaide, and uh, he is an Australian champion, in fact, actually a world champion, and he's got a great story uh, about doing it for God. And so uh, why don't you put your hands together for Matt Glatzer as he comes to share his story tonight. Thank you. Grab a seat, Matt. Welcome. Great to have you here tonight. No, thank you. It's uh, great to be here tonight and uh, share some stuff with everyone here. Fantastic. So for those that don't know, what do you actually do? So I'm a sprint cyclist. So you all know the Tour de France, the Tour Down Under is going on at the moment. I'm the sprint version of that. So the Usain Bolt of the cycling world. You're the, you know what? That's, as soon as I saw you, that's exactly what I thought. <laughs> it's pretty much the same. Exactly. Um, so maybe what we'll do is we'll spend some time like looking at the sport and, and, and sort of some people might follow it and um, others that wouldn't follow it. You can explain to us exactly what happens there. In fact, maybe, um, Geordie, we got a video of a recent world championships that you're representing Australia in 2018. And um, there's going to be some commentary and this was sort of the, the final race, I believe. But this will actually explain exactly what sport you're involved in and maybe you know we can ask a few questions as we show the video so Geordie roll the video and we're going to uh, have a chat as we do so got it here we are yeah so it's indoor velodrome racing head to head um this is the final and I'm going up against Jack Carlin of Great Britain and yeah it was so that's you obviously in the uh, Australian stripes there yep I've drawn the back position so so what does that mean is that the, the better better rider gets it or is it just a, a, top, a toss of the coin or what yeah it's seriously you just flip, take a card and by chance what position you start in um, and so the previous race I was on the front so he looks pretty nervous hey he's actually interesting because on, on the before we're there before we get up on the track he's the most chill dude he's like literally just sitting there lounging around. I'm like, you right, mate? You, we're about to race. So he's you're trying to get character, but he's a good guy. You? You're trying to get in his head. You're yeah. right, mate? And then you're like, step on his yeah. toe. <laughs> That's good strategy. Whereas me, I'm just full of focus all the time. Yeah? Super serious in the lead up. So yeah, now it's just, it's very tactical. So we, there's three laps, yep. um, 250 meters per lap. Give us a wave if you ever watched this event before and you've sort of wondered what's going on. Why aren't they just sort of just sprinting? Yeah, so, so there's obviously a lot of strategy involved in it as well. Exactly. We've got about 10 seconds of really good sprinting in us. So that's literally three quarters of a lap. Yep. So we need to be in a good position um, in compared to our competitor, depending on what their strengths are, whether they're a short sprinter, whether they're a long sprinter, if he likes riding from the front or from the back. Um, is this, so, are you playing it in slow mode, Geordie? What's going <laughs> on here? It's like it's it's the first lap. It's super slow. So I it's mean, very slow. I couldn't even ride that slow. I couldn't ride as quick as you, and I certainly couldn't ride as slow as you. Oh, here you go. You start so to essentially, he's a short, punchy sprinter, and I'm a longer one. Oh, he's he was threatening. He was getting into your, your space. So he actually rode this pretty well. Yeah. Um, 
got up in my grill. And so this is so four laps or five laps? This is three. So we've completed one. Oh, okay. And so we get the bell next lap saying it's the last one to go. And you're so getting a little bit bored by this yeah, time. Yeah, so I'm like, let's go, mate. Let's let's get this thing going. Trying so this to get is the, speed the 2018 up. World Championships. Yes. So this is the last two guys in the world at the sprint competition racing off to see who's the best in the world. So, And you just gun it. It's like, yeah, you know what? He was, get, he was getting in my way, so I thought, you know what, let's just... Light it, so and, uh, it's off we go. It's sort of neck and neck here. He's got the inside lane. That sounds like I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you gunned it. Yeah, yeah come got on. Got the job done. So that made you the reigning world champion. Is that right? Yeah, the uh, 2018 sprint world champ. Okay. Yep. So uh, so that's is the blue ribbon event. So that's the 100-meter sprint version of the athletics. It's the one that you want to win. It's the one that everyone watches. Um it's the glory event, essentially. Yep. That's where you get pitted up against everyone. It's eliminated down to the final race. And, yeah, that's, to date, probably one of the best victories I've had. Um, and to win the individual sprint is massive. That's amazing. So you're going to be representing Australia in Tokyo 2020 in this particular event. And what are you, are you, is that already sort of been decided? Or there's still tryouts and all that sort of stuff happening? So our team gets selected in about a month's time yep. after the World Championships in three weeks' time yep. in Germany. So I'll, I'm in a good position. I'm currently Australia's best sprinter, and they you actually have to be deemed to be a medal chance to actually get a spot on the Australian cycling team this okay. year. It's really cutthroat. Uh, not only just you need to be the best in Australia, but you need to prove that you're in the top three in the world. Uh, so all back on budget. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, if you're not going to get a medal, you're not going. Sorry. Exactly. It's all about that re return from investment, you know. So it's it's literally how it is. So yeah, I'll be I there. In Alex Tokyo. has got a part-time job there with, <laughs> with the Olympics <laughs> squad. It's just, we've got to tighten up, guys. Yeah. So um, that's my my big goal this year is uh, to have success at the Olympics because I haven't quite cracked the medal at the games. So you, okay. So you were at the previous the Rio Olymp Olympics. Yes. And you were obviously doing fairly well at that time as well, um, but you didn't quite get on the podium. Is that right? Not quite. So I've been to London Olympics, came fourth in the team sprint there by one-tenth of a second. I was 19. The event kind of got to me. It was pretty, pretty hectic. And then Rio, I was primed for it. And again, team sprint, we came fourth by, yet again, one-tenth of a second. And it's like, oh, you just want to get that medal at the Olympics. And I've, I've won medals at most other competitions, but not at the Olympics yet. And the next day in the sprint, which is my best chance to win a medal, I ride a Russian for the bronze medal. And sure enough, I, I come fourth and lose. So I got a hat trick of fourth places in my first three events at the Olympics. Not my best hat trick, not, one I'm, not something I'm super proud of. But yeah, it's, I'm trying to change that yep. statistic come this year. Come on, this year it's going to happen, right? Yeah. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Bringing home the gold for Australia, no pressure. But, yeah, you know, right. I said it here first. Uh, stack more on, that's all good. Uh, so you're involved in, in that individual sprint, but you also you mentioned the team sprint, mm. which is, uh, was it four cyclists? Three. Three yeah. cyclists? I don't really actually know. I've There's watched an endurance so version much, with four, so okay, I'll give yeah, you that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, that version, yeah, but... Um, <laughs> And also there's uh, other events. I know there's, you know, bunches of riders that are all out there and they're just, like, going crazy. Mm. Um, so what other events will you be involved in? 
as we're all going to start to follow it, right? We're going to follow our, our man, Matt. So I'll be racing the one that we saw, that was the individual sprint, and the other individual event is the Kirin, which is the Japanese word for fight. They invented it after the war uh, to stimulate their country uh, through gambling, actually. So uh, it's uh, an interesting event where it's traditionally a rough event. So we, there's six guys on the track, and a motorbike speeds us up to 55k an hour over three laps, and then it gets off the track, and it's then good luck to you. Go win the race <laughs> and try and beat those other five guys that are in the way. And it can get rough. There's some big crashes. Um, it's I think we've got a, a video of you having a, a yeah, crash at some point. So, uh, <laughs> you want to show that, Jordy? My most viewed video on YouTube, of course, is a big crash. So that's me. Oh, my goodness. On the deck. So... Whoa. If you look at my bike, it just disappears. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah, nice. So, yeah, my elbow got hit by another rider and got jackknifed. And as a freak, uh, all of a sudden I was airborne. I'm like, oh, this isn't oh, good. Oh, yeah. What, uh, what event was this? That's the Kirin. So, that one didn't exactly go to plan. Yeah. But the crowd actually caught my bike. It ended up in the first two rows of the crowd. So... They're just watching they the bike race all of a sudden. Their bike's it. in their face. Um, so that uh, well, it was interesting. So, yeah, it's, uh, so that's the Kieran. And, yeah, it, it can go wrong. Yeah. So you said that you've come close in the Olympics, but you've had some phenomenal success in world championships. You won a bunch of golds in the Commonwealth Games. Is that right? And uh, you're actually, as I was trying to research, I've known you forever, but, you know, obviously, like, we, we sort of knew you as little Matt and then realised, flip, like, he's actually pretty good at cycling. Um, he's, like, that would have been a long time ago for me to call you little Matt, clearly. Um, but uh, you actually were the first person to break the one-minute um, time trial over a 1K distance. Is that right? In the world, in history. Yeah, so there's another event that's uh, not an Olympic event, so it gets sort of forgotten about a lot. Um, the one-kilometre time trial, which is you starting from a standstill and one kilometre, who can ride it the fastest? It's four laps of the velodrome, and it's a brutal event. You're generally in the bin, losing your last meal afterwards, and it's, uh, yeah, it tests you. And it's a savage event that pushes you to the limit, and always there's this mysterious, it's the minute barrier. It's like um, the epic standard that couldn't get broken. Um, yeah. And, yeah. At Manchester World Cup, I rode that event for the first time in a long time because it's not an Olympic event. I was going to say, why don't you just do that every single time? Other than all those things that you mentioned, they need to put that in the Olympics. And I'll be sweet. <laughs> it's uh, it, like... it suits me to the T. So, yeah, and I, I broke the minute barrier. That's amazing. Um, in my first sort of senior kilo that I did. So, yeah, that's incredible. Pretty awesome. Averaging, yeah. So from standstill to uh, finishing 1k, you're averaging over. Um, 65k an hour, 70k an hour through it. That's so incredible. It's full on, but yeah, good fun. We've got one more video that I'll get Geordie to um, throw to, and that's, I think, that when you sort of first burst on the scene, your, your first major success in 2012 World Championships. Mm. So maybe we'll watch this one as well. Yes, yeah, so I'm the third person in this race. So it's a three-lap time trial. I'm at the back oh, this there. Is, yeah, the team, team sprint. Yeah. So we slot in, in the slipstream, 
at the moment. Your third at the moment? Because yeah. you're going to gun the last little bit, is that right? Yep. So at the moment, we're down. You can see the split. We're yep. one and a half tenths down. So that first person just, he's done his bit and he's Yep, he's done, out. he's off. So now the second person does his lap as fast as he can. And then he swings out the way and then I just try and bring it home for the finish. With one tenth down. And now it's just hang on. Mac Leitzer coming up from the outside. And you did it. Come on. I get excited about this because we're the family that just stays up even in the ridiculous hours and just have all of these events that we would never sort of follow normally, but it's just all on in the background on our TV. And uh, so I just, I just sort of get excited for that. It's going to be, uh, we're going to see you do it again coming up uh, very soon. But um, so that was the real moment that, uh, you know, up, up to that point, your biggest victory and that was unexpected, right? You guys weren't the favourite. No, so a bit of a, we did a bit of a Bradbury on that night. Yeah, we love it. We made it on the project because of that. Um, but it, we've qualified third, and normally the top two teams ride off for gold. And so then we're like, all right, we're riding off for bronze. We can do this. And then we get the announcement that Germany's been disqualified for an illegal change uh, with one of their riders swinging out too early. So we're like, we've gone from trying to win a bronze to then banking a silver and having a crack at gold. So we're like, let's see what we can do. We were three-tenths of a second slower than the French in qualifying, which is a decent margin in our sport. Um, because throughout that whole race then, it only changed one-tenth of a second over three laps. So, yeah, we were like, all right, nothing to lose. Let's go see what we can do. Home crowd, Melbourne, High Sense Arena. It's actually a velodrome under there. They play tennis there as well. Um, but they put the seating over the velodrome, uh, which is pretty cool. And so, yeah, we win it by the smallest margin our sport uh, measures, one one thousandth of a second. And all of a sudden, we're world champions from qualifying third and not supposed to be in the final, and we win the thing and steal it from the French. So, how good. That's great. So tell us a little bit about uh, your upbringing and, you know, what got you into the sport uh, and, and sort of how did that all happen? Yeah, so I was always that sporty kid at school, good at most things I did um, sport-wise uh, and then was into athletics and specialised into pole vaulting, actually, and random sort of uh, sport to do it when you're 12 years old. But I loved it, it was good fun and got quite good at it. I came second at nationals, but... Uh, injury started to plague me quite a lot, and my hamstrings kept getting strained. I got Oshkod Slater disease on the knees that most guys get through growth spurts, um, and it was all stemmed actually from my butt not working. Um, I know weird problem to have, but <laughs> I had a I had a lazy butt, so it uh it was causing so much strain for my quads and hammies, and it I just couldn't handle it. So it was just ripping them all the time, and as a 13-year-old, it's not exactly the best thing to be doing, so I had to give that up, and just have no sport for two years, which was really tough, actually, um, was through the phase where that was my identity, where I was like, I was that sporty kid at school, all of a sudden, I couldn't do sport, um, but it was through my school teacher, my English teacher recommended just to do a triathlon for fun, just to do some sport again. And so, yeah, I loved the bike leg, and my butt was killing me. It was working properly. I'm like, sweet, all right, my body's good to go. And I did, then just joined a club and went from there. So 
I got pretty good pretty quick from there and was loving it. I mean, it was pretty clear to me that this was my sport now. Uh, within a year, I came second in the country at nationals, and then um, two years later, I was representing the country at Junior World Championships, and the following year, I won two Junior World titles at the same competition, which then got me the spot into the senior team, which has now led through the next last uh, eight years of my career, and yeah, I've been blessed to have the success I have, um, and enjoying the representing Australia, and yeah, getting paid to keep fit, uh, go to the gym, travel the world for free. Um, it's 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 a blessing, really. Um, it's not a lucrative sport by all means, but it's such a good opportunity. Um, making the most of my youth and I'm, yeah, hoping to keep going and see what I can do uh, because I've achieved a lot more than I thought was any possible starting the sport and just see what lies ahead. So what are your goals? I know we talked about um, Tokyo 2020. What are, you know, what are those goals that you have? Anything beyond that that you're really wanting to achieve? I mean, I'm there to win clearly. Like it's, so yeah. right now you would be within, I think you were saying that the last Olympics you were within the top eight. Mm. Uh, there was a, a group of eight that any of them could have won it. I mean, would you still say you're in that top eight or would you even be sort of more like top four or, you know? Yeah, currently I'm top four. Yeah, I'm consistently in the top four. So I want to be away from the fourth of that. But <laughs> it's, yeah, looking good. But there's some strong guys coming through. Uh, the Dutchies at the moment are the ones to beat. And they're a force to be reckoned with. And it, I'm no longer the fastest guy out there. So it's... They're uh, probably taking drugs though, right? <laughs> <laughs> Cycling does have a bad rap. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. Let's just take that off the, 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 the live stream podcast. You never know, you never know. But I you mean, can answer it if you want. Yeah, no, I mean, no, only joking, only joking, only joking. I mean, you can't trust the Russians. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, wow. That, that's for darn sure. Uh, but, yeah, you never know. You never know, unfortunately. Um, but, yeah, now yeah. I have pretty lofty goals. And Want to see you on the podium, Tokyo, maybe. We'll see what, what colour, but I'm, I'm saying gold. Just, just put it out there, just put it out there, right? Let's go for gold. It's going to be awesome. So we've also, um, we've mentioned sort of obviously some of the highs of the sport, some of the things that you've been really blessed and obviously through hard work and, and obviously God gifting you that way and uh, whether it's from a lazy butt to a one that now works, um, <laughs> you know, clearly uh, you're built for this event, which is amazing. Um, but there's also the lows of the sport. Um, you know, there's, you know, we saw the, the crash in, the, in that, um, you know, sort of what's been, you know, one of the lows or, or some of those moments where you just look back and go, man, that was, that was the... Hit, hit the bottom, other than you mentioned injury at an early age, but uh, mm. you were saying about the Commonwealth Games, some yeah. of those successes, but also some, some low moments. Absolutely. There's a lot of people focus on the wins and remember the wins, but, yeah, there's some been some tough times for sure. And of recent times, the Com Games that we hosted uh, was one of our biggest events for us on the calendar, and I was coming in as reigning sprint world champion. 
that year. So there was a lot of expectation. I was looking good to win that sprint competition. And because it's Commonwealth Games, more than half of my competition aren't in the Commonwealth. So it's just us and New Zealand, essentially, with a few Malaysians thrown in there. Um, and it's a soft competition. So I'm coming in red-hot favourite for the sprint. And we start the event off with the team sprint. Doesn't quite go to plan. We come third. We get a bronze. And then I win the Kirin, which is awesome. Defended my title from the other competition. And the sprint comes along, and this is my event. And I qualify really well, qualify fastest, break the Commonwealth Games record, um, the man to beat. And the first round, I'm versing 24th qualifier. I'm versing the slowest guy. I've got about half a second advantage on him. And I try and be too nice and not beat him too hard. And he just gets me on the line. And it's a knockout. It's a best of one race. I was eliminated. Boof, gone. Top qualifier, Australian, home soil, packed crowd, gone. There's nowhere to hide in that moment. I mean, you're on show for the whole country. And it was shocking. Um, yeah, that, that rocked me to the core. And it was... I then had to front up to the media. Um, and then, yeah, talk through it when I didn't want to talk to anybody, I was cut, I was, yeah, I was devastated because it's not only me losing, but I felt like I would let the country down. Like, it's, it's a lot more going on. And so, yeah, that, that was really hard and had to just front up and say, look, I stuffed up. Um, I need to just go out there and be more ruthless. And, yeah, so I had to uh, then regather myself. It took me until, to be honest, it took me, 20 hours to recover from that. I had the kilometer time trial the next day, and yeah, I was distraught. It was it was really bad. Um, there was footage of me like crying on TV, and it was, it was not nice. Um, Have we got that, Geordie? No, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think we got that one. Just hide that one away. But so yeah, it was not easy, and had to then front up the next day. Um, I felt like I owed Australia a gold. I was red-hot favorite again for the kilometer, and I'm like, you know what, let's go out there and rip it, and I did manage to win that one. I'm like, okay, finished on a good note at least. So, there's, there's those rough times. you just got to get back on the bike. <laughs> Sorry, I should stop with those puns tonight. <laughs> I just, uh, um, I've, I've followed you on Instagram and just, uh, you know, obviously watching uh, some of your events, and, and just uh, something happened, I know, last year, only a matter of a few months ago, um, I assume during your preparation and, and um, your training. Um, do you want to just explain what had happened? And, and uh, this is, I suppose, where we really want to land this, um, because it sometimes doesn't all go to plan, even in your preparation. And Yeah, that's right. Three months ago, almost to the day, um, or in the lead up to that, I had, I had this sore neck that wasn't going away. And I've got a really good team of um, medical support staff around me. And it was taking two weeks to get better and it wasn't behaving how it should. So I was recommended to go and get an MRI on my neck to see if I'd had a bulge disc or something. And just to see what was going on. But that didn't show any signs of damage there. 
but it actually showed a few spots on my thyroid gland. And they're like, oh, normally it's okay, it's quite common to have a few things there, but we'll just get you to go and have an ultrasound just to be safe and make sure there's nothing sinister going on. Um, and so I had the ultrasound and the guy was taking his time and being quite meticulous and documenting quite a few things. And I'm going through my head like, if there's nothing there to document, that's a good thing. So if he's documenting heaps of stuff, then I'm not sure where this is going. So sure enough, he actually said after the after it finished that it's the um, nodules that he found there looked cancerous. So I was like, oh, wow, I didn't expect you to tell me that, but all right. Um, I kind of just shrugged it off and then went home and had to call my doctor and let him know what was going on. And he was taken aback because obviously he didn't expect it. And so then from then, that day was getting a biopsy and a CT scan to actually make sure what was happening because it looks that way, but it may not be. And so training that afternoon was cancelled and I was due to fly out that night here actually um, at Monash University to use their wind tunnel to help develop our Olympic equipment. And my coach was like, just stay home. This is getting a bit heavy. So we want you here to just go through it. Um, but I was like, oh, it's just going to put it back. It may not be um, what we're dreading, but... I'll, I'll go to Melbourne anyway, just get them to give me a phone call. Um, so went through the wind tunnel testing day and on the way home in a taxi to the airport, I got the phone call and sure enough, my doctor said that I had uh, papillary thyroid cancer and I was like, heck, um, okay. And he explained the fact that of all cancers to get, it was a good type to get, was very treatable um, but at the same time, we need to be aggressive with this and get on top of it. So, yeah, that was something that I didn't expect would come my way. Being a fit young guy, you think you're invincible and that this stuff doesn't happen to you. It happens to other people, unfortunately, but all of a sudden it's then smacked me in the face. Um, and so, yeah, that was three months almost to the day that I got that call and then started the journey through that and which entailed... We've got yeah. a couple of photos that we can put up. You've got a scar, pretty obvious one yeah. on your neck there and so you've so obviously had an operation. So I had a neck dissection and full thyroidectomy. So my thyroid gland is completely removed um, and all the surrounding tissues. Um, so I now I'm on medication to manage my... Metabolism, which is the role of the thyroid, um, so that's for the rest of my life. Which that's all right and needs to be managed as well. So, I had a really good surgeon, uh, did a great job, and so it's now a process of going through that. But it wasn't easy early on, for sure. Um, but my faith through this has kept me strong. I mean, initially, the doctor and my coach were like you seem to be taking this pretty well. Like, are you sure you're okay? I'm like, yep, no, it's all good. Um, we'll, we'll go through it. And I knew the bigger picture, like, yes, I've got this, 
Thankfully, it's the best type I could get, but I know no matter what happens, my future's secure in God. Um, and so it was, it was a tough week that week because, unfortunately, with the position I'm in, I'm in the public eye a bit more than most, so it was going to get out eventually, and we had to be careful in how it got out because the week previous, um, well, actually, the week I got diagnosed was when there was an article relating thyroid cancer um, increase in Japan after the nuclear reactor um, had a um, uh, had a accident, I had, I had a release of radioactive iodine, and so we didn't want this to be the next Olympic health scare of like cancer risk in Tokyo and all this sort of stuff. So there was a lot going on with us trying to manage how we were going to about bringing it to the public because it's going to get there eventually. So I had to keep it to myself for up until surgery, uh, away from most of the squad, and that was that was tough. But I told the core group, um, our immediate coaches and my immediate teammates. So about six people knew, and I had to not tell anybody else. Didn't tell any other friends outside of cycling, and it was just something that I had to manage until I have the surgery, get it removed, because my grandma, she's quite old now and she's quite fragile, so if she'd find out that I've got thyroid cancer, it'd almost kill her. So we were trying to protect her and just let her know, look, I've had this, but it's gone, it's done, it's sweet, and that she, she wouldn't find out from anyone else. So it was me going through that process of getting ready for the surgery, um, and yeah, we were able to train super hard up until surgery day. So the day before, um, I was in the gym on a Sunday, coaches unlocking the place and I'm getting it done to minimize the impact because we knew and early on I said, look, I'm still gunning for the Olympics. This doesn't change anything. It sounds like I'm going to be able to work around it and train through it, um, and it not impact my health. So let's do that. Um, so that was the that was the goal. That was the process, and yeah, it was something that um, yeah, I've actually been surprised at how well I have coped with it through this process. There was there was one really really hard day, but yeah, I mean, it's just a testament to what God can do for us. And the strength that he can give us, the peace in these moments, um, it was something that I really relied on and was, yeah, was was quite amazed at how much of an impact it had. Like, I'm, yeah, I had to remind myself what I'm going through and the state that I'm in doesn't really make sense um, with how I was, was going through it. So, yeah, it was something that, I then had to go public with and do all of that, uh, which at the same time isn't easy, but it made it better in a way because I was no longer having to hide anything. I could then just like, look, this has happened. I'm okay. There's a process to go through monitoring, obviously. Um, it's not finished, but yeah, we can then move on. Um, so I then had a race. Three weeks later, um, 
at World Cups in New Zealand and in Brisbane. And yeah, all of a sudden there's, there's lots of eyes on me off the bike because of all this going on as well. So it, it added another element to performing in pressure um, on the bike. But yeah, that's what I've been going through the last three months. It's full on, isn't it? And uh, we're going to be praying for you, Matt. We're going to be uh, praying that uh, God just keeps guiding you and is uh, obviously bringing you to full uh, health and, and even just with your goals for, for, uh, for the Olympics and, and uh, your future. We're going to stand with you. And, um, so, yeah, church, can I just ask you to, to be praying for Matt? And we're just, uh, you know, we're now, you know, we sort of take a little bit. We own you now. Like, you're just a part of, yeah. part of us, and we're just, we're cheering you on. You know, Matt's one of us. He was here for a service, so that's good enough. Um, you'll go on our database, etc. Um, <laughs> but um, maybe just we're, just, just a final question for, for maybe people that have come tonight, and, and maybe they don't have the same faith that you have. Uh, or maybe they do, but, uh, you know, what has God meant to you in this? You mentioned a bit of that already. What would you sort of the statement that you'd leave them tonight about what you've realised and what you've discovered about God through the highs and lows that you've, you've walked through? Yeah, through all of this, I think the one key thing that I've taken is that being a Christian, you've always got God there with you and He can be your source of strength and comfort and peace through everything that we face. And no matter how big or small that is, that we can always rely on Him and draw on him because there's no way I would have been able to deal with all of this by myself. As I said, I had a really heavy day where I was told that there was more going on than I expected and it got to me and I'd, I personally was just overwhelmed by everything. But I just focused back on God, like, God, you need to help me. You need to strengthen me, get through today, um, help me. Um, be strong and complete what I need to complete for today. So the one thing is that God's with you. Is You're never truly alone and that you can always rely on Him for His strength and peace throughout everything that we go through in life. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, Matt, thanks for being with us tonight. It's amazing to hear your journey. Like I said, we're going to be cheering you on and um, praying for you and supporting you and just really excited about your future and, and pl- praying just for complete health of your, your uh, body as well. And so why don't we just thank Matt and just uh, put our hands together for him. Thanks, Matt, for being thank with you. us tonight. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. To stay up to date, Check us out at our website, faithcc.com.au.